Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia. You remember that show? On Vice? Yeah, you never checked that out? You know, I did not really watch too much of the Vice. You watch too much traditional TV, Maze. Thanks. You gotta branch out. You know the kids, what the kids are watching today. The kids. They're on the fucking devices, Maze. <laughs> They're not like strapped to cable. Look, just because you got a couple of rugrats running around shoving <laughs> screens in your face all day doesn't mean... <laughs> That I'm out of touch, Jake. Trying to hip you up to the modern world. Eden, talk to this guy, dude. He's living in the past. He's I can't a tell him anything. Uh, I can't tell him anything. I've been trying to get him to watch these Korean shows with me forever. And he's <laughs> watching old movies and like mining bad movies from 30 years ago. You gotta get him off the TV. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for being here to honor my dad's life and work. So when Rhea was planning this thing, she asked me to help out with a tribute of a certain flavor. Just remember, I'm not a professional. No, 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 Don't lecture me, you fucking can opener. Maze, you better fire it up, dude. Shut your mouth. You're not God or my father or my boy. Drive your fucking Wally bird. They laugh in New York, and they, they laugh in San Francisco, but they will not be laughing when the mouth of hell opens up and sucks. The whole world is in the power of the evil one, the devil. And the media that he uses to control the world is television. Jake Hoy and Eden Liu. This week we've got binders full of prisons as we dive into Succession Episode 4, Lion in the Meadow. Start our cold open in Kendall's apartment, watching all the good shit on the Waystar raid. Manifested! Calls Greg G. Sees that he's panicking. Logan wants to see Greg right away. Kendall tells him to go. Calls him an asset. I have this, like, stupid worry that I'm gonna go over and there will be goons, stooges, and roughjacks there to administer a beating. Kendall says Logan will try and turn Greg against him, which he's not worried about. Greg's sturdy. 
He's a sturdy birdie. Say it three times before the cock crows, brother. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Okay, knuckle up, big bird. And then Waystar calls and Kendall needs the command pod. Clear the room. Oh, this was such a good Greg episode. Yes, it was. Fantastic Greg, fantastic Tom. I thought Tom really mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Made the most yeah, of what he had to work with. It's a little bit of a filler. This is a little bit of an appetizer mm-hmm. for the shareholder meeting. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. We needed a little bit of a breather after last week. Some very good things were done in this episode. You know, I mean it was a step back from the relentless energy of the last one, but There were some very cool things that these characters were allowed to do in this episode. Once again, no time jump. This is literally the next morning after the raid. We start at the beginning and then we go on this little road trip that splits the camps into two and then we come back together at the end. So at the beginning here, Kendall dials into the conference call as little Lord Fuckleroy. It's a callback to season one, episode three, when Kendall calls himself that in a meeting with Stewie at the cafe Mm. that Greg, of course happened to witness then the automated voice repeats little lord fuckleroy hilariously when he joins the call it's just jerry frank carl shiv roman carolina and hugo wow holy shit gang's all here the sergeant pepper of broken corporate america (laughs) our first beatles reference future callback yeah excellent excellent conference call jokes are just the best jokes ken wants his lawyer then shiv speaks and he thanks her for the letter he doesn't know if she and him come back from it and she calls him mom Jerry tries to get down to business, makes Frank talk. The raid caused investor blowback. Hey, accountability is a fucker. Josh Aronson, he's got a 4% holding. Thinking of noisily switching to Sandy and Stewie. He wants to meet with Ken and Logan together. Ken refuses. We're four days out from the shareholder meeting. Good timeline. They need Josh's 4%. Ken doesn't want to be railroaded. Optics of him and dad together are janky as fuck. I love that janky as fuck so true logan chimes in tells him to behave appropriately it doesn't work for ken and little lord fuckleroy leaves the call shiv asks logan how bad it is if ken doesn't go says the raid was a warning shot but logan wants more people more protection he's got two former deputy ags the ex-head of fraud at main justice the harlem globetrotters the westchester judge fuckers but logan's still pissed at the raisin calls him a forgetful cunt they've been insufficiently rigorous journalistically Michelle Ann keeps telling him to be patient, but Logan needs leverage. Now Connor's on the phone. See? See? I'm up in a corner. Everyone wants a piece. Everyone's out of their box. Everything's coming up. Fuck. Puts Shiv on Firewatch and tells her to keep an eye on Carl. Roman's trying to talk strategy with Jerry, but he's got his shoes off. (laughs) Just too comfortable. Jerry wants boundaries. Roman accuses her of building a police state. Talks about wanting to jerk off wherever he can, and he found (laughs) Tattoo Man. About 15-ish years ago, Ken's bachelor party in New Orleans, ironic bar crawl on Bourbon Street, started chatting with the friendly hobo. Various disgusting endeavors were discussed. Would the hobo eat a deep-fried deck shoe? Before they settled on a rather indecent proposal, Kendall's name tattooed on his forehead. And you think this is a good idea to dredge this up. On Kendall? Wokahannis? Using a poor's forehead as a post-it note? Jerry doesn't like it. Roman wants to have lunch, but Jerry's got a date. Fuck off with who? Montgomery Clift? What a pull. Montgomery Clift? (laughs) The ghost of Christmas past? It's with Lori. Ex-DOJ. She's looking for a back channel. And you said he wants to back channel you in the parking lot? Or Jerry needs Roman to understand that she's dating. Roman imagines Lori with a sword stick and a motorized bath chair. Greg goes to see Logan, who greets him warmly and offers him a drink. Of, uh, 
alcohol? <laughs> this is reminiscent of the great scene in Horrible Bosses where Kevin Spacey offers Jason Bateman a drink, pours him a huge glass of booze, forces him to chug it, and then calls him an alcoholic for drinking so early in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew I'd seen that scene somewhere before. Greg will have a nice glass of rum and coke. <laughs> Carrie, can we bring Greg some Coca-Cola? Um, no, 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 to... no, no, no. What Greg wants, <sighs> Greg must have. Logan asks about him hanging around with Kendall. It's purely social. Logan warns his position could become complicated. Greg struggles through a sip of his drink. Strong. Wow, strong one. Nice and strong. Strong for a man. Logan is trying to talk, and Greg is wiping off a book with his forearm. Yeah. I love the framing of that shot. Yeah. With both of them in front of the huge portrait sitting across the office. This is great, right? Because speaking of future callbacks, I mean, this is counterpoint to what we're going to see later in the episode in another negotiation, essentially. Mm -hmm. But here, Logan's in total control, dictating essentially what's going to happen but acknowledging that he has a little leverage. Greg just taking his first steps of negotiation. It's right. like watching <laughs> so a funny. baby horse. His facial expression. I mean, the whole episode, too, is an exercise in discomfort. Yes. I mean, the whole series, this season especially, has been a lot about discomfort. They really played that up this episode particularly, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, big time. It was like mad intentional greg just I mean, greg just stammering through every line logan doesn't want to see him hurt needs the lawyers working together a big strong umbrella greg would need to speak to pew his lawyer who is often unavailable during daytime <laughs> why is he sleeping during the day he's a vampire does he not have a phone what's going on with pew if you think about greg though everything's always deferring yeah that's great but i can't right now oh, yeah and it coming up with the excuse why i don't think it's that pew's unavailable in the daytime i think greg's just sort of like but I can't call him. He's unavailable. Yeah. <laughs> I can't deal with this right now in front of you because everybody always wants him to make the decision right then, right there. And he has no idea. He can't bluff to save his life. He can't yeah, exactly. put up a strong face. And he is not good under pressure. Logan whips out the paperwork. Just sign it. Greg asks what it's worth in terms of the me of it all. What do you want? What do I want? I mean, what can I get? That's not the way it works. Well, maybe it is. So funny. Oh, my God. Look at you. Shaking like a fucking leaf. Yeah. <laughs> Quite the opposite treatment that uh, Tattoo Man got, right? Greg's got leverage, so why doesn't he fuck off? Think about what he wants, and Logan will see what he can do. Fair. Fair deal. Well, not a deal, but a plan. Meeting's over, and Greg's still got a full drink, so he chugs it. And takes a deep breath because it doesn't go down easy. And he tells some random guy, he doesn't know how they did it back in the 60s. <laughs> different time. Different times. Different times indeed. Better times? No, not for all. Not for all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Genius. Just the way they have his character's mind working is always it's tremendous. It's amazing. Yeah. So I recently watched Zola, which he's also in. Zola is a movie that came out last year that my friend Nicole did the music for. And he plays Florida Greg, essentially. Oh, <laughs> He's wow. got a terrible chin strap beard. He's got a backwards hat, an oversized polo shirt, and he's the same just stammering, awkward character. But it's a good movie. I definitely recommend checking it out. 
It's on Showtime right now. Mm. But he plays the boyfriend to a stripper slash prostitute. That's <laughs> such a good role for him. They wanted him to do his Greg thing there so in that setting. You've got a great Greg thing going. Let's yeah. roll it over to the mm-hmm. white trash Greg. Mm-hmm. Typecasting. The awkward, tall, white guy. Frank calls Kendall to check in. Ken doesn't want to be railroaded. Yeah, he's mentioned that already. An iPad is ringing next to a rabbit cage crudely set up in the apartment, and he tells Jess to deal with it. Frank tells him he's going to need the big beasts in a post-Logan world. Ken thinks Aronson is a lock for him. He's always been a lock. Frank's heard otherwise. Sandy and Stewie can't win. That nukes everything. Even though Ken thinks they'll settle, Frank convinces Ken that he can pitch Aronson when Logan isn't around. Meanwhile, we see that Logan is supervising the call. Yes, this was an interesting moment in as much as Kendall broke and divulged a little bit of his own strategy, right? Yeah. But he's trying to negotiate with Sandy and Stewie, so he's he's holding that back. I mean, he told Shiv and Roman in his daughter's bedroom right. that he's talked to them. So I guess he knows that they know now. Yeah, good point. But I like that Frank is flexing his double agent status here. We know that he's always had a soft spot for Ken, but we've got Logan leaning on him real hard on this call. Yeah, and everybody's trying to play both sides anyway. They all want to survive whatever's going to shake out. Yeah, we'll get to Jerry's succession ethos that gets dropped later on. I mean, say what you want about the tenets of National Socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. Josh's daughter is sick, so they have to go to his island, his own little island. Okay. Meanwhile, Jess is showing the kids the rabbit via FaceTime parenting. We finally got to see the kids, by the way. On a screen. Yeah, barely. (laughs) More than we got to see uh, Sandy. You're saying you intimated on a text that Josh was mentioned in episode one as being in Boston? They say that they might have to send Roman to Boston to talk to Aronson. Mm. So even though his house was... On Montauk, they shot it there. So you think it was somewhere ostensibly Martha's Vineyard type location? Exactly. Some small island, private island that he's got there. In terms of the episode, it was initially stated, and maybe that was part of the ruse, that the meeting would happen in an office in the city. Yes. They were going to meet in the lawyer's office, try to downplay it. By the time Frank calls, that's already pivoted. And we'll get to... Josh and his reasoning later on. I have another question about the the very end. It was definitely East Coast vibes on the island. That was no tropical island. That was no Jeffrey Epstein paradise. (laughs) Looked like it was like late fall, possibly near Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was gloomy, but still some sun, apparently. (laughs) Frank wants Kendall to chat with Logan on the tarmac before they head over to Josh's to get on the same page. Then we've got an amazing game of rich guy dick measuring. Kendall arrives at the helicopter first, but they're told to wait. Then Logan arrives, and even though Colin is trying to direct him to his helicopter, he takes Kendall's helicopter. Leave the other one for the Judas. Kendall wants Jess to make sure the rabbit has water, then leaves with Remy. At the airport, Logan wants Kendall to take off first, because he doesn't want to wait when he gets there. When Logan gets off the plane, Kendall's gone. He didn't want to wait. Tell dad, meep, meep. It's from Roadrunner. Kendall arrives first, banters with Josh about their kids. His daughter had a fever, but really Josh just didn't want to come to the city. How's Iverson? How's White Iverson, your son? I just bought him a fucking giant rabbit, so now he's like Googling where he can buy the world's biggest carrot. 
such a funny line. Did we know this was the name of his son? Yeah, it's a weird basketball thing. No one wants to be cool so bad. Young Kendall was an interesting guy. Bar crawling on Bourbon Street. Yeah. Getting homeless people tattooed. Naming his son Iverson. He had an interesting run. Wow. Ken lies. Says Logan had to take a call. It's all terrible. It's all good. You know, whatever. I love him. I hate him. Outsource it to my therapist. But that's Josh's whole question. That's the way you start one of these meetings, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. I got this. Ken wants to wait for Logan. It's a fuck by, but it's not that complicated. Ken is better than Logan, but Logan is better than Sandy and Stewie. Josh could also just say, fuck the lemons and bail. Kendall takes this as an opportunity to tee up some buzzwords. Bzz, bzz. <laughs> the comet is coming. I think a single acquisition. We buy in an oven-ready UI. Machine learning, social media, super app dinges. We buy Gojo. Uh, it's a little overpriced. I don't know. Great UI, shitty content. Meet shitty UI, great content. Eden, what is Gojo? Yo. Does it matter? No. Every buzzword in the book, he just like vomited at us. My favorite Kendall moment of the episode because... I'm really into the buzzwords, especially when it comes to tech. Gojo must be like a Tubi or something. Something that will go belly up rapidly. What was the one with all the short form programming? Quibi. Quibi. Yeah, that kind of outlet. Ken says he's always like Josh and pivots to inviting him to his big fucking nervous breakdown of a party for his 40th. You should come. Yeah? Who's going? What? You need the list? <laughs> you mean Henry Kissinger? Fuck you. I know everybody. It's going to be the bomb. Interesting. To find out, finally, how old the Roys are here. Yeah. So Kendall's 39 going on 40. That puts Roman, what, like 36-ish? Yeah. Shiv at 34-ish? Wait, is Shiv younger than Roman? I thought Roman was the youngest. I think Roman's the baby. Yeah, okay. I feel like Roman's the baby. So maybe flip-flop those? Yeah. yeah. Roman gives off youngest child vibes. Connor looks like he's like 50. Yeah, I think he's got to be over 50. He he has a different mother, right? He has a different mother. In that opening credit shot of the four kids, they look pretty close together in age. Obviously, that's nothing to work off of because that's yeah. an opening right. credit sequence. But I have Connor at least 10 years older than Kendall. Yeah, I would say so. Josh is pretty uninterested in Kendall's birthday party invite as Logan walks in. Captain, my captain. And then they banter about kids. <laughs> Kendall and Logan's first meeting face to face. We got the delayed, awkward hug, mm. and they are dressed exactly the same. <laughs> so funny. The same logoless, shitty baseball cap, the same popped collar, vest, and their jackets, the twill pants. This really felt like a J. Crew catalog episode. <laughs> Very much so. I mean, Adrian <laughs> yeah. Brody's got so many layers on, he's got oh four God, layers dude. of jackets. It's like the Steve Bannon of the episode. I mean, like it was like amazing. Josh wants to check in as an investor and friend. He has concerns. Logan says no significant issue. Core business is core business. Back me. Sit tight. Count your gold and I'll make you whole. Wants to take a walk, but Logan's dubious. Shall I send the card for you? Nope. Can't appear weak. So Logan pops up. And Josh is honored that King Kong came out to dance with him. Goes to get something, and Ken and Logan stand there in silence. Whoa. Just sizing each other up, father and that son. That was so awkward. 
that's the moment that I feel like they really tried to play up the uncomfortableness mm-hmm. of the mm. show. I was seriously like, how long is this scene going to mm-hmm. last? Yeah, totally. <laughs> how, how much longer are they going to make us sit in silence? And it's impressive. It was not insignificant. They were cutting too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to imagine silence being written into a script, but that's definitely what that was there. And it's not just the silence. It's like the awkward refusal of eye contact slash like, uncomfortableness through their facial expressions too yeah well and this was the thing they really played up well too because they kept having josh disappear on them yeah leaving them alone adrian brody and his long legs always walking ahead you know Mm -hmm. as they walk they see josh's daughter flipping into the pool (laughs) logan's feeling jerked around so josh why don't you tell me what you want i'll see if i can give it to you and we can fuck off Low blood sugar. Josh has lost 10% of his 4%, $350 million, which puts the company at an $87.5 billion valuation. All right, I'm glad you did that math. Dude. Nice. They gave us some numbers to work with in this episode, Jake. We got ages. We got... Yeah, it's good to know. Billions of dollars. It puts in perspective the tattoo man severance and Connor's little hundred mil. Mm-hmm. Ken compares their situation to the Beatles suing each other. And says, great band, but Josh and Logan agree that they're just a good band. <laughs> no respect for the Beatles on Succession. I guess Logan loves the Who or the Rolling Stones. Probably the Stones. I'm going to go with the Stones. Yeah. Josh tells Kendall to backpedal on all his shit. Back off. Cool it down. Kendall refuses. It destroys his reputation. What reputation, bro? Yeah. Kendall thinks this was all a setup. You made your point. Maybe we could close up the outrage shop. And Logan feigns concern. You okay, son? Some of those drugs you do can make you paranoid. Is that right? Low blow, low blow, but foreshadowing. Josh and Ken overlook a cliff. Logan's lagging behind on the phone. Josh asks what he's got on Logan. If you have jack shit, you look like a fake. If you have really damaging shit, you make me maybe want to run away, right? Josh has had a lovely seafood lunch prepared for them to eat on this cliff for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, how did that get there? So there must have been a cart to bring all the shit out. This mysterious, <laughs> alleged cart. Quite a meal, too. Oysters, clams, and cockles fresh from the sea, Jake. You think they have a mini copter that just goes from the house to wherever? <laughs> it's a drone. It's a drone. <laughs> yeah, a drone. There we go. There we go. Drone, drone delivery. Sets it all up. Probably owns a drone delivery company. Logan tries to wrap it up again. He's got a wife at home. Fundamentals are fuck Sandy and Stewie. It's just financial engineering. Does Kendall want Logan to go to jail? Like, if you were a judge, you'd want him to go to prison? If Logan takes the reputational hit, he could become a punchline. When is this going to end? He heard about the separate planes. People are chatty. Josh doesn't like betting on blood feuds. It ends with me in control. Slap wrists and a payout. That stuff. Pointing at Ken. Sea mist. Vapor. Josh thinks Logan works for the shareholders. For him. He's not a dipshit who had a lucky night at the casino. He's got a gun at Logan's head. Can they work together? It's a very tepid response from Logan and Kendall. He doesn't really believe him. Logan says Kendall's a good kid, did what he thought was best. He's a good kid, and I love him. <laughs> There'll be a big number. We'll pay. He'll mew and cry, and you know, I'll get it. It'll all be okay. And maybe it'll be him one day. It's in his blood. He learned it all from me. And maybe, maybe he's the best one of all of them. So yeah, 
It'll be okay. Logan really trying to sell this thing, close the deal. Seriously. Kendall just sitting there, dumbfounded. Saying the things he's never said. Yeah, I was like, he's dumbfounded at his dad saying that he loves him. Mm-hmm. Big time. You hate everybody on this show, but you feel bad for him in that moment. Josh admits he has a wish list. EPS juicing, stock buyback, let him in. Josh gets a call, says it'll let them get back easier. He's clearly lying. Logan jokes about being far from a coffee and a bagel. Then we have more silence as Kendall and Logan sit at the table. After sneaking glances at each other, they finally make eye contact, and Logan says, what? <laughs> They'll send some carts, but not until they walk a bit more. Kendall compliments Logan's nice speeches. Well, you'll say anything to get fucked on a date, won't you? <laughs> Logan starts talking shit. He got Greg to sign on. Ken's on his own. If Logan retires now, Ken will go easy. You'd scuttle the fleet in a month. Logan's a silverback, but Kendall put him in the ground. He doesn't get to come back. I'd sooner get fucked by a bleep in a shower block than see you have it. Logan's got the raisin, the family, little Greggy, fucking tattoo man in the tank. You're high and dry. Face it, son. You lost. Josh is going to run ahead, keeps teasing this alleged cart. <laughs> Logan starts breathing hard, kind of limping, but refuses to show weakness. It's Kendall's turn. You've lied so much you don't even fucking know anymore. Your brain scrambled egg. I beat you. Pipe down. Look at you. You're 600 years old and you've pissed off your fucking boyfriend, the president, and he's sending the feds on you and you're wriggling, but you're in too deep. Everyone knows. And now you're trying to counter, but you've put Shiv in there and she's a fucking dipshit. I hear no one respects her. Everyone's digging her out and you're losing control and everyone hates you. So people are still feeding Kendall information here, presumably Frank. By text, like on the plane? <laughs> like, like, They're both what? getting text updates. People are telling Logan they got the tattoo man. Roman's all stoked about it. They're just emptying all the ammunition they have. Oh Everything they got. They're just airing it out. Yeah. Kendall was right. Information is king. It comes faster than ever these days. Logan just wants to close with Josh. Kendall calls him an anti-Semite. Oh, fuck off. You don't even know what you're saying half the time. You're fucking losing it, man. Logan asks for water, and Kendall tells him to ask his fucking iPhone. Josh won't stop talking about calling the house. This is the quick way, but sometimes it takes longer. Dude, what are you talking about? How big is this fucking island? Logan's about to puke. Gags. They keep lying to Josh. Ken is worried it's a heart attack. Fuck off. I know what heart attacks are, and this isn't one. I thought they were going to go with food poisoning. He didn't even eat, though. That's the problem. Well, we didn't see him eat. They never show us them eating, except for Carl and Frank later. Yo! Well, Josh had a bite. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Carl and Frank were eating them fries. <laughs> <laughs> no doctors in front of Josh. Logan finally starts groaning, and Kendall says they need help. Josh is going to get a doctor. Kendall says, just too much sun, tries to salvage the meeting, and Josh cuts him off. Meanwhile, back at Waystar HQ. Shiv goes to Tom's office. Logan wants an ATN host criticizing the raisin. Tom tells her that's not how it works. They have to handle a pivot like that very delicately. This is the first time we've seen a husband and wife working together. Also, we didn't discuss it because of the time jump, but they have presumably swept everything under the rug and forgotten about it. Yeah. Is that what happened here, Eden? Or maybe that's why they got the dog? My guess is that 
the current events have forced them to table that conversation for now. Tom is too distracted to worry about his love life. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to prison. So This episode reminds us all that husbands and wives should not work together. Yes, 100%. She thinks she could be more direct, but Tom is distracted by a binder full of information about America's finest prisons. <laughs> I love this because he's not just crawling the internet. Yes. He had an assistant print all this out and make him a binder. Or take it out of the library, the office library. <laughs> FCI Otisville is his number one. Shiv thinks it's in Maryland and Tom is offended. Cumberland is in Maryland. Otisville is upstate. You know, the Jewish jail. Hearing really good things. Kosher vending machines. Very sturdy bunks. Shiv tries to get him to relax. They're calling me Terminal Tom because I've got cancer of the career. <laughs> he wants to know who to talk to about Ravenhead. Ravenhead values his independence. He's a little bitch. Is White Pride FM going to pay him $30 million a year? Shiv tells Tom to handle it, but Ravenhead's not going to like it. Tom brings up optics, shouldn't take orders from Shiv because of corporate governance, the org chart, and his masculinity. Shiv doesn't want to be undermined, but Tom doesn't want to be fucked in the ass by his wife. Shiv cuts the shit. Talk to Ravenhead and thumbscrew Greg while you're at it. Thumbscrew Greg while you're at it. If you're in the neighborhood, just drop by Greg's and thumbscrew him real quick. That language dovetails well with Tom this season. Shiv goes to meet with Connor, who wants to be a good and useful little boy, but needs some pie. At least he's not needing some sucky suck this time. Good lord. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank God. Connor's lack of real world experience has been leveled at him, politically. He's willing to concede that the Raisin will be re-elected, so he's pivoting to the next election in four years. He wants to come in, hit three, four major achievements, and get out. Shiv puts her cards on the table. They were going to offer him Gourmando their food network, and a wine tasting show. But Connor wants to win the Rust Belt. Shiv can't give him a high-level executive role, but Connor's got his boot on the old man's throat. He's got him some juice. Oh, no, 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 no. I can pull out the old megaphone anytime I want, and I can say, hey, guess what? I recall my father was a nasty, racist, neglectful individual. What was it that they used to say around here? No blacks, no Jews, no women above the fourth floor. Shiv gets up to close the door. Thought a lifestyle network or a stock situation would be easier to manage. Connor recalls a play post office Shiv had and compares that to her current situation. He doesn't want to deal with her. He wants to go straight to the old man. We had another mirror moment in that scene where she tells Connor that he's got a little bit of leverage. Right. Repeating that line that Logan used with Greg. And we had a number of those in this episode. Decent move, little bit of leverage. They're never willing to concede that it's more than just a spec. But we also had the riffing repeat. Kendall tells his dad, we were just riffing. And then Tom uses it with Greg. They're doing that a ton this season, using the same language. Roman and Hugo wait for Tattoo Man. Good to see you again. You never call. Roman is staring at Tattoo Man's forehead, but the tattoo has been removed in order to improve employment potential and social acceptability. Roman says it's a shame and gets up and stares closely. It's faded away a little bit as they poke and prod at this poor man's head. Uh. He keeps tugging his bangs in front of it. Hugo says they'd arrange payment for photos. Not super proud of what I did, so wouldn't want any photos of it out there. And then Roman blurts out a million dollars. I love the way he's just like, how about a million dollars? Just tactlessly, shamelessly. Not to make this too transactional. Point zero 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 one percent of Waystar's worth. <laughs> 
Terminal Tom knocks on Greg's door. The ghost at the feast. The shame sponge. Ravenhead cleaned his clock, but he only mentions it to amuse. Greg's got a basket of courtesy pastries. He's being courted. Tom says he can ask for whatever he wants. Greg's heart is in parks. The experience economy is maybe where it's at. Tom wants to game it out. Greg wants operations director. Kill Ray. Yes, raise an asshole. Maybe start hands-on. Getting in a tier two park. Deputy at Bright Star Buffalo. Home on the weekends. Easy peasy. Greg's already gamed it, and that makes Tom sad. An, am- an amusing notion has just occurred to me, Greg. Yeah? Yes. You- <laughs> you're going to be running a theme park. Um, and here's me going to jail. And you're going to be living in a magical castle. And I am going to be down in a dungeon somewhere sucking off ogres for phone cards. <laughs> no, I mean, who, who even knows? This probably won't work. Greg, what do you know about um, Nero and Sporus? Nero and... Sporus. Spor- Greg, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sporus was a young slave boy. Mm. He was Nero's favorite. And uh, you know what Nero did to him? Nero and Sporus, this is not IP I'm familiar with. Well, Nero pushed his wife down the stairs. And uh, then he had Sporus castrated and he married him instead. And he gave him a ring and he made him dress up like his dead wife. Wow. Plot twist. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, I bought a book on the Romans to read in prison. It's a big book. Is it a good book? It's a decent book, yeah. I'd castrate you and marry you in a heartbeat. So sad and fucked up, but also kind of sweet. Really? It was so uncomfortable. It's kind of romantic. <laughs> it's his weird fucking way of saying you and me, Greg. Is he, is he in love with Greg? Is that where we're going in this show now? Well, he wants to castrate and marry him. So Is that love, though? According to the ancient Romans. Is the subtext in this show that basically Tom is gay and denying himself? Dude, he totally always makes awkward passes at greg big time plays it off as joking but right and he's always saying really crude stuff like i'm gonna be sucking off ogres for phone cards (laughs) (laughs) that might be something he's actually looking forward to and you don't really see him (laughs) act like that with anyone else with his toilet wine the toilet wine he's got a dark imagination when it comes to this stuff and don't forget he really loved swallowing himself oh boy in Prague closed loop so I don't know I'm starting to think like they're really pushing it this season with him and Greg he is troubled yes that is definitely true even Greg can see it because he asked Tom if he's okay even though he didn't understand a word that Tom was talking about he's not familiar with that IP I love that he said that. Love that line. Yeah, more corporate speak. In some ways, I thought this was Succession's way of dealing with sexual assault in the workplace. What do you mean? It was like deeply uncomfortable. Tom wants to be wrestled to the ground. Let's fight like chickens. Starts punching him. Fight me like a rooster, you weakling. Yeah, fight me like a rooster, you cock. And Greg does not give consent. Right. He says, I don't want to. Tom mocks him. It was a joke, you idiot. You're so hard to riff with. I mean, that is a big career obstacle right there for you. Big. (laughs) Then he knocks over the coat rack on his way out. 
Shiv sees Frank and Carl cutting it up over a nice lunch. We know Carl loves his lunch. These boys are eating. She rattles the cage a bit. Yeah. Pokes her head in about the Sandy and Stewie negotiation. Throws a bunch of technical jargon at him. What's going on with it? What I love about this moment, there's all of this tension and urgency. And then you run into these two guys. They're just having lunch like it's a normal lunch on a normal day. (laughs) Taking a break. Taking their time. No urgency to the negotiations with Sandy and Stewie. I mean, it's crazy. Corporate incompetence, Mace. They said that the other people were breaking for lunch, but they're the ones eating lunch? Yes. What? They ran out to get a bite to eat while we wait on the paperwork. These guys have it set up, chilling in their beautiful offices, eating a lovely lunch. I just love that (laughs) the first episode... Carl wanted a sandwich. <laughs> now he's just... Yeah, he finally got it. Such a good this scene. just shows you, you know, Carl's used to being taken care of, all right? Yeah. He needs food at his fingertips whenever he wants it. I also love the detail of Shiv just coming in with a coffee because mm-hmm. it's around lunchtime, right? Shiv doesn't eat. Shiv's drinking coffee. She's on the go. She's rattling cages. Tom tells Shiv Ravenhead said no, can't accommodate the pivot. But Shiv heard Greg's a lock. He signed the JDA. That's right. Tom Wamsgans, minion wrangler and shit eater. He's been thinking about that very first glass of cold white wine right when they get home. He fucking loves that. He did a bit of research, got deep into the prison blogs again about toilet wine. You can make it from fruit and ketchup, but have to burp the wine bag as it ferments. What if I forget to burp the toilet wine, Shiv? But the truth is, I'm not going to get wine of any temperature in prison, Shiv. There are no fine wines in prison. You don't get to choose what you eat. You don't get to say what you do. Helly, can I read? When is lights out? I'm terrified. Just now, Tom has realized that you don't get wine in prison. What a sheltered life he's led up to this point. Shiv goes to reach for his hand to reassure him, but she sees someone walking by and pulls her hand back. And they both just sit there, looking incredibly uncomfortable. She offers him nothing, and then Logan calls. Carl's not happy with your level of input. Well, fuck him, right? I don't need another toothache. Shiv's worried about being undermined. There's got to be a line, and Logan says nothing is a line. Everything everywhere is always moving forever. Get used to it. Shiv's in the deep end now. Will she sink or swim? This is the lack of experience that we keep talking about. Well, yeah, and these abrupt changes on one hand she's got this these marching orders from her father and then she's getting a call telling her to back off so i don't know that she did anything she wasn't supposed to in that scene she's getting burned by his change of pace out of the blue come on i feel bad for her because it kind of feels like she's just doing whatever he asks he said carl likes to be liked yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's not good at negotiating. And so she went in there doing exactly what she was supposed to because literally they're not doing a thing. Counterpoint, Carl is only pissed because she interrupted lunch. Mm, Yes. Probably right. She had showed up after lunch when he's not having to wipe his face, Mm -hmm. not enjoying his delicious burrito bowl or whatever he had in that container. Maybe it goes over better. I'm just saying she's picking up savvy. She needs to learn how to play the game a little better. You might be right, but this is not the first time when Logan's made a decision and then lets the person like Jerry go do what they're supposed to do and then works to undermine them 
<laughs> immediately thereafter. It's true. Logan's fallen apart this season. Of that, there's no question. He's of one mind, one minute, another mind. He's just he's fumbling about in many ways, just as much as Greg and Kendall are. Shiv goes to interrupt Ravenhead staff meeting, which clears the room. Mark only discusses editorial with Sitter Logan, but then Shiv feeds Mark a line on the president. He's been letting him off the hook on too many specifics. Big tech, Middle East, green subsidies. Branded nightly segment like, is he losing his grip? That's what we want. Mark is friends with the Raisin. He's got a perspective, a reputation. But this is something my dad wants. This conversation is already over. It's just a question of how many times we scream the word fuck at each other before you do what we want. Mark threatens to go public, but the Roys don't get embarrassed. Roman checks in on Jerry. No progress with Sandy and Stewie. How's the date? Did you fuck him or just tug him off between courses? Their detente continues. Roman triumphantly hands her the photo of Tattoo Man, thinks it's a magic bullet. Dad's going to give him his bedtime bath. But Jerry advises him it could be bad for him. They could be labeled the Tattoo Brothers. How does this advance my personal position? You need to think about that 24-7. You should get that tattooed on your head. (laughs) Jerry's ethos for how to survive in succession, and it's what everybody is doing more or less every episode. How do they advance? Absolutely. To wrap up the episode, Logan's on the phone with the Raisin back on his plane, who's already seen Mark's new segment. Wow, that went through quick. Logan claims to not control, and Mark has editorial freedom. Shiz power play worked. And the raisin is pissed. And it all happened immediately. (laughs) Just the most eventful day in succession history. (laughs) Tells the raisin to watch the show. It won't seem so bad. Then he holds up the phone for Carrie. You want to see what it sounds like when the president loses (laughs) his temper? This is funny. He gets back on there. If he wasn't so tied up in this investigation, he could keep his focus on ATN. I love it. Hmm? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And Roman calls Kendall. Heard he tried to kill dad again. It was heat exhaustion. We're hearing you took an old man out to die in the sun. We went on a hike with Josh. You tried to assassinate our dad with the sun. Do you have a fetish for nearly killing dad? Like just the tip, but for like killing dad? Ken says Josh is a lock. Nope, actually he's out. Dad's little freak out gave him the shits. Weak leadership, fractured at the top. Zero faith in post-dad leadership. Roman is blaming Ken for not giving dad water. But also this means that Josh was not impressed with Kendall's ramblings about the future. Ken looks out the window and sees Josh hugging Stewie. So my question is, did Josh immediately follow them to the city? Are they still on his tarmac on his island and Stewie is arriving there? Because he said he had guests coming. Yeah, because his car was there. That Porsche that we saw when Kendall pulled up to his driveway was Josh's car. That's there in that moment on the tarmac. So Josh was always going to see both parties. Yes, absolutely. Stewie was always following. You never want to have the first meeting. You always want to have the second meeting. I'm assuming your question is going to be how deliberate was all of this on his part? On Josh's part? Other than the device of having Josh want Kendall and Logan together and to have this... Mm -hmm. Pretty unnecessary moment where mm-hmm. Logan collapses due to heat exhaustion. In the late fall. In the late fall on Montauk. Dim light. Was anyone else <laughs> disappointed by that? Hoping it was something a little more extreme. I thought food poisoning would have been a more logical explanation for him struggling through that walk. 
especially given that it was seafood, being outdoors, whatever. But uh, I was like, really? You can't, he's having trouble just walking on a cool day in an ocean breeze? I found the whole conceit of the walk to be a little bit ridiculous. (laughs) And Josh's behavior, saying that he was going to call the cart multiple Mm -hmm. times and then never calling Mm -hmm. the cart. What the fuck? It reminded me a bit of like the Sopranos Woods episode. Yeah. (laughs) And a little bit of the Gandolfini dream episode in some ways, because there was something unreal about that whole scenario and him being constantly up ahead, constantly on the phone, teasing the transportation. Yeah, it was weird. You can't even get a fucking cart. Where are you getting a doctor? It's very possible this was a setup. Yes. That's the only thing. In the end... Stewie's like, make the old man walk three miles. Josh is so... Adrian Brody played the character exceptionally well. So well. New Yorker, fully flushed, doing whatever he wants, but still like, he's got to play, right? And he's making them dance, and he's a hard ass. You can see it in the fact that he's like, makes them come to him after telling them he'd meet them Mm -hmm. somewhere more convenient. Then puts them on this laborious journey. Uh, You know, he did reward them with this sick five star meal, but then makes them walk all the way back and seems to be misleading them on the way back. And a little more sinister with the revelation that Stewie was rolling in to do whatever he was going to do. That seems more likely than anything because he's just going to go with whoever offers him the most money. Yeah. That's it. And he was trying to get a read on the Kendall Logan situation, which Kendall did not help at all. (laughs) No, no. Kendall was terrible in this episode. Oh, brutal. Back to fumbling everything just from the moment he opens it. It's good. It's fucked. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And he really doesn't get it. You don't sound like a CEO, man. What everybody tells him is that if the shareholder meeting doesn't go their way, he's fucked too. He has to pretend to be on the team at least for this meeting and he can't even do it. Right. And when he gets super defensive, when Brody tells him to back down, I mean, what did you, what did you make of that, Jake? What did you think of Brody going team Logan? in that moment. If he could have scared Kendall into backing down, that maybe that would have changed things, you know, because ultimately what he seems to be trying to get a hang on is can these guys cooperate, collaborate, yeah. right? Yeah. But really the only way for them to collaborate is for Kendall to just back the fuck up. He does not want Kendall running the company. He wants Logan running the company. Mm. Therein lies the my captain, right, line, because he greets Logan with so much more respect. I mean, he greets Kendall like somebody you know, somebody you've hung with, but Logan he treats like a captain of industry. Yeah, he doesn't show Kendall any no. actual respect. He blows him completely off. <laughs> <laughs> to, to go say hello to Logan. Oh, you're throwing a birthday party? Cool. Who he dismantles pretty well, too. So it does seem like overall his mind is already leaning. I think what was happening was he's leaning Sandy Stewie. He's calling this emergency meeting to see if there's any way they can ch- change his mind, which has fundamentally already been made up. And they do everything to dissuade him from changing his mind i like to speculate a little bit into who aronson is he seems like he's a little bit older than kendall 
I kind of got the senior in high school, freshman in high school dynamic mm, between Totally. Them. Mm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they're more peers than him and Logan. Mm-hmm. When he got his shares of Waystar, he was probably a younger man. Kind of a son figure for Logan, probably, right? In the business sense. Logan probably took him under his wing. Mm, interesting. But I think it's definitely that he is independently wealthy. And it's not like he inherited his parents' shares of Waystar. No, he bought in. And I thought the casino comment, he actually earned his money, however he earned it. Well, I love that, though, because that seems to be the fundamental issue between the Royce and the rest of the world, right? Everyone will bow to us at some point. They'll buck up against us. They'll fuck things up. There'll be obstacles. But ultimately, we can will them to do what we want. And this is the first time we've really seen them be unsuccessful, right? They're being unsuccessful with Kendall, and now we're extending that outward to see the representation in the shareholder class. And they're not buying it. There's a complete lack of faith. I kind of like that, though. I loved it. Honestly, Logan's bit is washed by this point. I mean, he said, what if you're a has-been? Yeah. And like still just getting to trample over everyone because he's like the biggest elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. It's done. It's a washed bit. Like I'm, I'm ready to see Logan totally get rocked. But it's interesting, right? Because then similar to what they did last episode with Kendall cowering in the server room, it ends on this burst of great news because now he's just shifted the balance of power with the raisin. Yep. So you get to see him completely collapse. This is Logan even lower than in the premiere episode of this season. At least then there were many things that were unknown. Things were collapsing and disintegrating, but many things were unknown. Now they've been raided. Everything is going wrong. There's a shareholder mutiny. (laughs) And now they're going to lose this guy who's got a major stake in the voting. And boom, the president comes through. That's going to turn something significant around in their favor, at least in Logan's favor. So that takes us to our ever difficult to decide awards, especially in this episode. Who shit the bed? So as you can see, the mystery of who pooped the bed has been solved. Logan. So you think Logan because his health failed? Yeah, I can't I can't really say that for sure because the undoing that happened at the end of the episode. He sunk the lowest, but he got the burst of good news at the end. So maybe Kendall shit the bed the most this episode because he's got nothing on the upswing by the end of it. He's on the outs. Eden? Kendall. It's like the battle of who lost more instead of like who actually won, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Kendall (laughs) couldn't even put on a happy face to help himself out. This would have been advantageous to him if he had been able to just lie his way through this and sell this. It's just the thing. Everybody's trying to be somebody beyond their capacity. Only their father knows how to be a CEO. Everyone else is just pretending. Kendall has certain visions that seem like they could be reasonable, aspirational goals within his industry. He just can't communicate on any level like his father can. He doesn't even seem to have the language to address what Josh is really talking about, right? How are you going to make me whole? 
on my $350 million deficit. Yeah, and it pretty simply boils down to Logan wants to stay the course and do the same shit that he's been doing forever. And Kendall wants to shake everything up and completely change the company and completely revolutionize the fucking world, buzzword, whatever. Right. And as a person with a serious investment, you want to take the thing that's worked. You want to stick with the game plan. So you don't want to go crazy with it. I was trying to figure out what Logan meant by the volatility is built into the price. It's all upside from here. (laughs) (laughs) That just sounds cool. (laughs) What does that mean? Don't panic about what's going on now. It's the long game. No, I know, but I'm like, what do you mean volatility's built into the price? <laughs> He's down $350 million, dude. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. That's a lot of Bitcoin. And then who is our number one boy? You're my number one boy. Greg? Does Greg's Parks promotion count? Is that big enough for him? I was actually going to say Greg. Let me tell you, though, Eden, if they exile our boy Greg to Buffalo, I will riot. I'm quitting the show. Is that enough of a, of a want? First of all, no. It definitely is not. Is he aiming high enough? He could have aimed so much higher. But he doesn't know how this works, right? Start my own division. He literally doesn't know what's on the menu. Wants to run a theme park? But he doesn't even want to run it right away. He wants to work his way up. He's so responsible. He wants to do a tier two park. (laughs) You know, director of operations. Don't start with the big dog. Tier two, Buffalo, can be home on weekends. He's got a whole plan. I love the home on weekends oh thing. Oh, God. You'd think you'd actually have to be at the park on the weekend. Maybe you have Monday, Tuesday off. <laughs> <laughs> weekends got to be the biggest time. Shiv in flipping Ravenhead kind of got a win here, but the way that she did it was essentially. My daddy wants you to do this, so yeah. no, 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 no. And the whole episode was undoing her completely. She mentioned being carved out two separate times, both of which happened. Other people are mentioning it, and then Connor's like, "I don't want to deal with you, Shiv." So three times she's been undermined. She's had such a shit start to the season. I just feel like there's nowhere to go but up for her. They gave her some better clothes in this episode. That's true. God, that dress was so unflattering. <laughs> Just to turn herself into a shark here, trial by fire. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's going to happen until like maybe last two episodes or something. She can't get a win. She can't get a W at all. She's failing hard constantly. And they're all fairly humiliating. And so it's kind of interesting that she's the one to say the line. We don't get embarrassed, right? Yeah, because she's constantly... It's a great moment. Seemed pretty embarrassed last episode when Nirvana hit. Yeah, totally. But the thing I kept thinking of, Eden, as you were saying all that, was maybe that's part of Logan's plan here to really throw her in the deep end and to create problems for her, to force her to act like the killer he wants his next Mm. CEO to be. Because remember, that's his major complaint with Kendall. What do you think, Mace? Is that possible? We've talked previously about how Shiv seems like the most competent, seemed like the most intelligent Mm -hmm. for the whole first season. Season two was really about taking that and flipping it on its head. Now, I think Roman is quietly positioned to be the most competent, especially with Jerry teaching him how to be much better at businessing and keeping his shoes on. Yeah, I'm going to need to see a little more from Roman. At business. That's the thing, though. She's the most civilized. She's 
the most emotionally mature, even though they've all got their issues. And she also seems to be the smartest of the three candidates. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward that she's brand new to this and she needs to make people respect her. And we need to see that happen. And I think it will. I think Eden is right. I think that they're setting that up for down the line. I'm not sure when, not sure how or why, but it feels like Shiv will learn how to swim sooner rather than later. But are we all agreed that Greg is our number one boy this week? I think so. I would say, yeah. Whoop, whoop. Uh, if it is to be said, so it be, so it is. Pastry basket for the win. Oh my God. Decadent. Who sends a whole office basket to a single person? That was like the holiday basket. He's got to put some meat on those bones. There were like 75 he's, he's being courted. things in there. That is going to do it for <laughs> Queued Up this week. Can't wait for the shareholder meeting next week. Looks like a whole face-to-face between the Roys and Sandy and Stewie and the other Sandy. Going to bring everything together. Going to do some back-channel dealings. And I can't wait. Yeah, it feels like shit's really going to pop off next episode. It's just going to be nice to have Stewie back. He's also a secret winner of this episode. He keeps winning despite not showing up on screen very much. Right. (laughs) Not even 10 seconds. Just that handshake. You know he won. Absolutely. (laughs) You know he's already more charismatic than either Kendall or Logan. Josh had more screen time this season than Stewie had, I think, all of last season. Not enough airtime. We need more Stewie. For Jay Coy and Eden Liu, I'm Anthony Mays, and we'll see you next week on Q Dub. Let's get it. <laughs>